Worship team a, a good thank you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. They are amazing. They are amazing. You know, from one week to the next, sometimes people are just out on vacation or whatever the case might be. And obviously you see that in, in different areas. But you know what? It's really easy to forget how blessed you are. And I've said this before, but concerning our worship team, we've got such an awesome group of individuals that just have a heart to serve God, worship God. And uh, there are many churches, many. In fact, let me say it this way. uh, Genesee County has the most churches per capita in the entire United States. And I'm telling you, there are the majority of churches that don't have worship like what you have. Come on, I'm telling you what, God has blessed you, and he's perfect in all of his ways because you're loved by him, amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, happy Father's Day once again, and we're going to continue in our series that we've called Prime the Pump, and we're just going to kind of incorporate some things concerning Father's Day or just to kind of commemorate or honor fathers uh, with this service. And uh, last week, we started sharing concerning some things, and we really weren't able to get through the entire uh, message of last week, and so we're going to just kind of, again, incorporate some of those things today concerning fathers and just taking the opportunity to honor them. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, and we'll begin in verse 37. It's the text that we've been taking as a foundation for these last couple weeks, and really for the series for that matter. And as you're turning there, I'll pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity just to worship and honor you as the greatest father of all. God, you said that we're not orphans, that you did not leave us abandoned, and so, God, we're so thankful for the love of God. God, we pray that we come to know that love more and more, that, Lord, it becomes a, a, the, a part of the very fabric and the, the, the part of our personality of who we are. So, God, we thank you for today that we're stirring up rivers and deep wells on the inside and just all of who you are on the inside of us in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus said this as he's on the last day of the great day of the feast. Jesus stood up and cried out and saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We've been talking about these rivers of living water that Jesus said are in the inside of us. Or he said, they're in your heart, or they come out from your heart. Your heart is really your spirit, or the fabric of really who you are. You are a spirit being living in a physical body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so he said, really, out of the core of who you are, are these rivers that have the opportunity to flow and be a blessing to your life. And we said that the name of our series is called Prime the Pump. And you see the old relic of the pump that's on the screen there. And again, if you've ever had the opportunity to use one of those, you realize that you didn't have to dig the well. You didn't have to put the work in to to dig and tap into the rivers far underneath of the ground. But if you was going to get a drink or get water from that well, you had to first of all begin to pump and prime the pump. And therefore, then the water began to come out. So there is an exerted effort, if you will, that takes you or or causes you to... uh, or, or, or what uh, I guess should say uh, requires you to put an exerted effort to prime the pump, right? And so Jesus said that there are rivers on the inside of you. 
and they're flowing. And it's not just one river, but there's multiple rivers. And so therefore, in order for us to really tap into these wells, we've got to learn how to prime the pump and get it out. Amen. And what I mean by that is that there's life on the inside. And if you've ever been around somebody that has called themselves a Christian, but they're about as stiff and starchy and as dead as a doornail, just spiritually speaking, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever ran into those people? You know, not here, not at GVC, but somewhere, family members, people that you have come in contact with, they say they go to church, they say they're a Christian, and they may be going to heaven, but if you was to examine their life, it has nothing that looks anything like the life that Jesus said that he came to give, right? And so Jesus said that there's life in you, and it needs to come out. And as we began to look at it last week, we said that concerning one of the greatest sources of power, or I should say the greatest force in the universe, is the force or the power of love. And in the very presence of who God is, the Bible says that God is love, and He has come to dwell in us. And so therefore, first of all, love or the river of love, the power, the force of love is in us because God is in here. But we've got to prime the pump to get that love or that river flowing out of us. Amen. Amen. So just to kind of bring some things to your attention here, for, for the sake of drawing some parallels, if you will, concerning some rivers, I want to share with you just some rivers that you might be familiar with. Number one, uh, these are the top five, if you will. Uh, uh, I should say the top ten, and out of these are uh, four out of the five are the top five. Uh, the first one is the Niles River. It is the longest river in the world, approximately 4,100 miles long. Anybody heard of the Nile River? The next one is the Amazon River. It is the second longest river in the world, approximately 4,000 miles. The Amazon is the largest river in the world by volume with a total river flow of water that amounts approximately one-fifth of all the world's total. I mean, that's a lot of water flowing. Number three is the, uh, 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 how do you say that, uh, Janzetti it is one of the most important rivers in the world. It is the longest river in China. It is the third longest in the world that is roughly 39,000 miles long. And one of the dams of this river, the Three Gorge Dam, is the largest hydroelectric uh, power station in the world. And this river is one of the world's most traveled waterways in the world. Number four is the Danube. It is one of the most important rivers in Europe, and it's the continent's second largest river. This river has a long standing in just the frontier of the Roman Empire that we know or that we've heard about just in history of times past. This river also borders 10 European countries, approximately 1,800 miles in length, passing through four capitals, and it empties into the Black Sea. And then lastly, the river that probably most of us are most familiar with is the mighty Mississippi. Anybody heard of that one before? The mighty Mississippi. It's approximately 2,300 miles long. It is the largest river system in the United States and in North America. And this river drains uh, partly or in, uh, entirely 30, or 31 states in our nation. So this river has a major impact and touches many of our, na or our states in our nation. Now, what's one of the things that are, uh, I guess, consistent with all these different rivers? Out of all these rivers that I just mentioned to you, most of us 
have heard, if not all of them, most of them. We've heard about them, right? These rivers have history. These rivers are vital to the life of of people. These rivers have stories that revolve around them. Anybody remember the story of the Nile and Moses being in a basket floating down the Nile, right? And these waters have influenced and touched the lives of family and reached beyond and has passed over from generation to generation. These rivers that we've heard about that have such tremendous power and flow of water has had a major impact in the lives of generation and countless souls throughout the existence of this planet. And so one thing that we could say about these rivers is that these rivers have a legacy, right? These rivers have a history. And when you look up the word legacy, it simply means this, an inheritance, a heritage, endowment, gift, settlement, or birthright. So in other words, all these rivers that we just mentioned, they have a legacy and somehow they have given life and produced beyond from one generation to the next. And so today, I want to talk about the legacy of a dad. And for a dad that is walking with God and serving God, there is a river that is on the inside of a father. Amen. There is a river that is flowing. There is a river that is full of the power and the life source of God. With God's, or excuse me, with fathers, there is a legacy or there comes a legacy. With fathers, we leave a legacy. And the question is, is what kind of legacy are we as dads leaving? Because again, by definition, legacy, once again, is inheritance, heritage, endowment. It's a gift. It's a settlement. It's, excuse me, it's a birthright. Every single father that's in this room, every single father that has ever influenced our life, every single father that has parted from this life and has went home to be with the Lord, there is a legacy. And for those of us that are still breathing air that are in this room right now, the question that I have for you is what kind of legacy do you want to leave? As I was preparing for this message, I found this little story, and it was called Dusty Like Dad. And it goes like this. It says, at the first church that I had pastored, I had a job mixing feed to supplement my income. And he says, for a period of about two weeks, each day when I came home from work, my two boys, age two and age three, They would come to me and they would look and smile and say, boy, dad, you sure are dusty. I would reply and say, yes, I sure am dusty. And then I would go and get cleaned up. I didn't think too much about this until I was washing my car and I saw my oldest doing something very strange. I was washing my car and I noticed that he was picking up gravel and stones in the driveway and he began to rub them into his pants. And I asked him, what are you doing? He replied, I want to be dusty like you, Dad. See, we have a great legacy that we have the ability to give and leave our kids. And as I said, there's a river on the inside of us. It's the life force of who God is. And it's the very force, the power of love. And it's in us. And therefore, because of that love, we have the ability to influence our children. 
You know, my two oldest children, my oldest being nine and my uh, middle daughter getting ready here to turn eight, they've graduated and they've been able to start riding on my motorcycle with me. We'll take little drives and kind of do it when it's not so busy on the road. And so my uh, middle daughter, just two nights ago, I took her on the road and we went for a little cruise around and went into Montrose and showed them your house. I said, that's where Mr. Jordan and Miss Jacqueline live right there. And, and then our final destination was to pull over into the McDonald's and get a hot fudge. And so as we're sitting there, I'm sitting there with my little girl. <clears throat> we're just having some small chit chat. And finally, I asked her, I says, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she says, I want to be a preacher. <laughs> and I said, you want to be a preacher? I said, well, why do you want to be a preacher? She goes, because that's what you do, Dad. And again, it just blessed my heart. And so oftentimes we think as dads as having an influence on the lives of our little boys. But as dads, we have the ability to influence our little girls too, right? And so just her seeing dad says, dad, I just want to be like you. If you're dusty, I want to be dusty. We have the opportunity to leave a legacy. And if you're like me, and I think this is probably almost instinctive, as parents, I know for myself, just because of my makeup and my personality, I am extremely critical and hard on myself. I'm always looking to do something better or to do it right or whatever the case might be. And so oftentimes, I believe that instinctively as dads, as parents, we start to reflect on our children and our parenting and say and begin to think of all the would-haves, could-haves, and should-haves. What I wish I could have done, what I should have done, wish I would have done it different, right? I mean, I've only been, the fa- been a father of less than 10 years. And some th- sometimes I think, man, I've, I've really messed my kids up. <laughs> like I said, I haven't been a father for more than 10 years. And I'm thinking, dear God, what am I doing? I'm not liking the results that I'm seeing. And I just had the opportunity to meet with a pastor friend of mine this past week and We met at a Starbucks down by Great Lakes Crossing, and as we're talking there, and he's been in the ministry for 30-plus years, pastors a a, a huge church down in Sterling Heights, and as we were talking about just parenting and kids and things of that nature, he said that he and his staff had just recently uh, went through this kind of teaching series, and this teaching series was all about communication. And he said, I began to relate it to my staff And I began to relate it to my children. And he says, man, after watching that series and that teaching, he says, I've really screwed up. I've messed up my staff. I've messed up my kids. And he said, and since we've went through that class, he says, we've begun to work on some things. All of his children are adults, married, and have kids of their own. And yet he's saying, even though they're gone, even though I've identified some things that, man, I've messed up. I've really done things wrong. I should have done it different. He's beginning again. He's beginning to bridge the gap. He's beginning to mend the fences. Why? Because on the inside of him is a river and a force called love, and it has the ability to restore and bring life to some things. And so maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're thinking as a father, I've not been the greatest dad. Maybe you didn't have the greatest relationship with your dad. But one thing that I do know is that God is a a father. 
He knows what you feel. He knows the heartache. And one thing that I know about God, our Heavenly Father, the force and the source of love is a restorer. Everything about God's love brings us right back to Him. So many times we have had this misconception that God is a hard, judging, heavy-fisted God. And we look at stories in the Bible and say, see, look at what He did. Everything that we've ever seen in the Bible, if it was a matter of correction, it was because He was wanting to change the direction of His people to bring their hearts back to Him. Not a heart of hardness or judgment or sternness, but out of love. And there are some of God's kids that have never known their heavenly father until later in their life. Maybe 30, 40, 50, 70, 80. And God says this, that I'll redeem the time. I'll redeem the time. And so regardless whether you've walked with God all your life or you've just come to know your heavenly father later in life, God says the whole purpose for us to have relationship is so that you can experience the life that I came to give. And so that means that you didn't miss out. It begins right now. Are you hearing me? God says that relationship begins right now. And we saw that concerning God's love. It forgives and it remembers nothing of the past. So if we're saying, God Oh, I wish I would have, could have, should have. God says, I don't know what you're talking about because everything about our relationship is great. And I'm perfect in all my ways. And I desire to have a great relationship and restore you and allow you to be my son or my daughter that I've always known you to be. Amen? God desires for us to come and to know that personal relationship with God. God is love, and as I said, God is always drawing, or God's love is always drawing us to Him. If you remember over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it speaks of God's love. I'm just going to share a couple things with you concerning that. But this is the current, if you will. If you remember, we said this a couple weeks back, that the presence of God or the waters or the rivers that we're talking about were coming from the very presence of God, from the very temple where God dwelt. That presence, that spirit of God is now inside of us because we are the temples of God. And so there is a current, if you will, of a river that is flowing from God's heart to ours and through ours. And this is the current of God's love of the river of God that is in you. That current says this, it endures long and is patient. It's kind. God's love, the love that is in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own ways, for it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy, it's not fretful, it's not resentful. It takes no account of evils done. It pays no attention to the suffered wrong. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures under everything without weakness. And love never fails. Come on, the love of God, the the force of God's love in you never fails. And like I said, you might be as a parent, as a father right now, saying, I wish I woulda, I wish I coulda, I wish I shoulda. 
And God says that God's love doesn't keep account of the past. And it never fails. You might be a father right now that says, I wish I had a relationship with my son or my daughter. God's love in you never fails. You may say, but it's not happening, but love is patient and it endures long. Yeah, but it just seems as though all the past keeps coming back up. And they rem- No, listen, love doesn't keep record. It doesn't have weakness. It holds out until the end, and love never fails. You might be a son or daughter and that says, well, my mom or my dad has never been. They've never tried to bridge the gap. That same love is on the inside of you, and it has the ability to bridge the gap between you and a father. You may say, well, they don't want anything to do with me. Love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Love is patient. Love never fails. Amen. God desires for us to allow the love of God to move through us. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Love's, or love's forgiveness is... is, is Um, disregards the offenses of others. Love forgives and it disregards the offenses of, of others. So in other words, we could say this. If we as fathers allow the love of God to flow through us, it removes unforgiveness. It removes the past. I know that there are fathers that would say their mother has caused all kinds of problems. And there could be all kinds of bitterness, all kinds of resentment towards the ex-wife or the mother of your children. And you could say, because of her, this is where our relationship stands today. If you want to live in the past, you'll continue to have what you've always had. If you allow the love of God, the river that is in you, to begin to flush you out, you will find that it erases the unforgiveness, the bitterness And it disregards any offense that you have. And it allows you to move forward. Amen. God desires for us to begin to move forward. Whether you're a father or whether you're a son, sin has been forgiven. The past has been forgiven. Offense has been forgiven. Think about this. If you was to ever deserve anything, you actually deserve hell. And I'm not being hard. I'm just simply saying... Concerning the standing that we have with God, we actually deserve hell. We don't deserve the love of God. But God says, because I'm such a good father, I'm going to love you and it's going to erase the past. And if you'll allow yourself to come to me, I'll save you from hell. Come on, if God was willing to save you from hell, what else is he willing to save you from? He doesn't want your relationship with your children to be hell. He wants it to be heaven on earth. Once again, it may take some time, but dads, kids, whether you're old or young, there is a force of love on the inside of us that has the ability to forgive and forget the past. Amen? Now, once again, like I said, for myself, I'm extremely critical of all the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But did you ever notice that the enemy is real good at bringing up the past? You know, it just seems like you're having the best day in the world, and all of a sudden you're like, where in the world did that thought come from? 
Why am I thinking that? Why in the world did I even stop to entertain that thing and it just messed up your day? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Well, the enemy is really good at trying to prime your pump. And what's he trying to do? Concerning God, the past is erased. It does not exist. But the enemy has a real good ability of pumping the prime or priming the pump and drawing out of you all the soot, all the grime, all the junk of the past and keep you living there. But God says, my love that's in you erased it. Amen. And so we could say it this way. God's love becomes a filter. God's love, which is forgiveness, becomes a filter. And and, and I thought of this because just with the water system in these areas and just all the stuff that's going on, I heard this term before and and it was suggested one time, said, well, you know, you might want to check into this and it's called a reverse osmosis filter. Well, I have no idea what a reverse osmosis filter is and I even looked up the definition of it and I still couldn't tell you really what it means. But let me just tell you, (laughs) concerning a filter for water that is called a reverse osmosis filter, this is what it says and maybe it makes sense to you. It says, it's a process by which a solvent passes through a porous membrane in the direction opposite to that from its natural osmosis when subject to the hydrostatic pressure greater than the osmotic pressure. (laughs) Did you understand that? You got it. See, I'm just, I'm I'm simple-minded, sorry. But what's it saying? It says, for some, in something of the process, it's reversing the process and causing it to go in the opposite direction. And as a result of the reversal of the direction of the system of the water and the flow, it causes there to be a filtration system. There is a natural flow of your human nature And the enemy tries to prime the pump of your human nature and bring up the past and the junk. Whether you're a child or a parent or a father today, and if you allow that current to just flow its natural course, you'll live in the mully grubs and in the past and all the regrets. But God says, through the love of God, there's a filter called God's love and God's forgiveness, and it reverses the flow of the natural course and the direction that the enemy would like you to go. And when it reverses, it causes you to be free and be soot-free of all the past and the junk and to truly experience the love and the freedom that God desires. Amen. God loves us. God desires for us to purpose to experience that forgiveness. But we've got to once again learn to prime the pump. How do we prime the pump? Once again, how does the enemy prime your pump? He gets you thinking about the past. And if you start thinking about the past or the junk, you start talking about it. Right? It's sad when you see, in fact, just to give you an example of that, Facebook is kind of a comic relief, if you will. But at the same time, it's really sad when you begin to identify where people are. And I don't say this from any critical standpoint. I really want you to hear my heart. But I'm talking about priming the pump because 
The way that you prime the pump negatively in your life is the way that you do it positively. And so there was this particular girl that uh, I went to church with when I was a kid. And her nature, even though she's a believer, is to really focus and highlight on all the negative stuff and to allow her emotions to go there with all the stuff. And there are those that would say, well, you know, I've got every right to feel the way that I do. No, you don't have the right. Now, I know that might be hard for some to hear, but Jesus paid too great of a price, and there is a force of love. There is a river that's flowing out of you that has the ability to flush out every negative emotion that you could ever possibly have. It's just a matter of what you'll give yourself to and what prime or what pump you purpose to prime in your life. And so she said this on Facebook. I I noticed uh, just a few weeks back, she said, you know, I went to the doctor and had this thing going on and they had to take a biopsy and blah, blah, blah. And it came out in this this long post of what was going on in her life. Well, then just last night, she wrote this big long post again saying, well, the doctors took care of that, but now they found this thing and it's a lump and therefore they're thinking that it might be benign. But then they go and they take some ultrasounds and they find out that it's doubled in size. So now they're saying that it might be cancer. And so if it goes into cancer, then I have to have it removed. And if I have it removed then going into a second surgery that's a really bad thing and so I'm a little bit scared about going into the second surgery but I have a great support system I have a great husband I have great children oh I'm just so thankful for my husband that's caring and loving and I know God's got it and what I I I didn't say that correctly as to how she did it my point is this is that she wrote a page and a half of all the junk of how bad things are And then at the end, well, I think God's got it. Well, you've just broadcast all the negative. You've just vomited on Facebook of all the stuff that's wrong in your life. And then you put a little caption at the bottom. Praise Jesus. Where's your attention and your focus on? How good God is? How loved you are? How perfect He is in all of His ways? The force and the power of God on the inside of you? Or are you looking at all the negative stuff? Now, again, I realize it's real easy to go down that road. But that's why when it comes to priming the pump, there is an effort involved. You have to purpose to prime the pump in the right way. If it's a wrong or negative thought that comes, you have to do something with that thought. And think the right things. If you're tempted to say or get on the negative bandwagon, you have to purpose to say the right things. God is perfect in all of His ways. God is loving me, and I'm loved by my Father because He's a good God. I'm telling you, if you'll purpose to stir yourself, prime the pump of God's love on the inside of you, you'll stay out of the ditch and the mully grubs. What am I talking about? There's something on the inside of us. Fathers... God wants us to leave a legacy of great things. And maybe the past has been bad. Maybe the past has been been in neutral. You've not done anything. Maybe you've been a great dad. It can always get better. It can always start over. It can always begin fresh because of the life and the power of the river that's on the inside of you. Amen? Thinking about being a child, I don't know about your household, but these were words that I often heard. 
get up, hurry up, pick up, shut up. Come on, they always ended up with up. Does that sound like your home? Get up, hurry up, pick it up, shut up. <laughs> Come on, are you the only ones? As kids, that's kind of the conversation coming down from mom and dad. But dads, parents, kids, I want to challenge you to look at it from a different way. Show up. Don't quit. Don't quit trying. Don't quit allowing the love of God to restore, to forgive, to erase the past. Chin up. Keep a positive, faith-filled attitude. Looking at the positive things, the right things. Lighten up. Learn to laugh. Life is too short not to laugh. Life is too long not to laugh. We need to lighten up. And this last one, I actually had to look up the definition for it. Because there's been times that things have kind of stirred up in my heart. And I've used it as examples. And afterwards, I researched them and think, dear God, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> so I actually looked this up. And the last one that I want to leave with you is cowboy up. And I actually looked this up online. There's a definition for cowboy up. And it means to make a determined effort to overcome a formidable obstacle. Yeehaw. Let's cowboy up. Dads, kids. Because the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is a life force on the inside of us. And it's called love. If we'll purpose to allow it to flow, there is a continual flow of the river of God's love in us and through us. And therefore, it has the ability to restore, to bring life. And the Bible says that God's love never fails. And we can choose today what kind of legacy we, li we leave. Because we do leave legacies. Let's leave the right one. Amen. Let's stand. Come on, I want to see that trending on Facebook, on Twitter, cowboy up at GVC. <laughs> Amen. Come on, every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we just celebrate fathers today. We celebrate families. We celebrate you. God, I thank you for the love of God that is on the inside of us. That comes from the very throne of God. God, you said that we could tap into that flow. That forgiveness is available. The past is removed. God, I thank you that you want to make our relationships, our families, better than they've ever been before. God, for that individual that would say, I've never had a dad. God, I pray that they would come to know you as such a great heavenly father. And know that they're accepted, that they're loved. And that, God, you have such a life for them to experience. And, God, I pray right now that if there's been men or women that have not had father figures in their life,
that God, you would raise them up. Whether they're adults, whether they're young, whether they're old, God, I thank you that you will raise up father figures in their life that will purpose to mentor them, speak into their lives, and help them at whatever season they're in. Because you're just that good. You restore and you redeem. And we thank you for it. And God, I thank you for this greater Flint area because they have need of a heavenly father. God, use us to bridge the gap. Use us to allow the love of God to flow through us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.